This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, last week we talked about anger, you know, and what we want to talk about today is anger part two, okay? It's a very uh, relevant topic, and it really dynamically impacts our life. An elderly woman was preparing to park her expensive Cadillac when a young high school student cut her off and stole her parking space. The young man jumped from his car and yelled, Oh, to be young and fast. The older woman backed her car up and then floored it and started using it as a battering ram to demolish the young man's car. And she then rolled down her window and shouted, Oh, to be old and rich. (laughs) She was angry. And she let her anger control her and destroy his car. You know, but that's probably really not the wisest thing to do. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16 says, Wise people think before they act. I know that she did, did she? Well, she did. (laughs) And before they speak, fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness, you know. And we we shouldn't be foolish like that. In September 1999, Guy Booz was arrested in Wisconsin because he let his anger get the best of him. His washing machine was acting up, so he pushed it out the door and down a flight of stairs. He got his pistol and shot the washing machine several times. (laughs) No. Whether it's road rage or appliance rage, anger is a bad problem, and it really doesn't do you any good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, And don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. It's sin to let anger gain control over you. And then in Proverbs 25, 28, it says, If you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city without walls open to attack. Hmm. It's interesting. If you can't control your anger, you're like a city who has no walls, is what he's saying here. And in the King James Bible, it says, Be angry and sin not. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26b, it says, Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. I wonder what that means. Mm-hmm. Don't let the sun go down. It's pretty much just giving you one day to deal with your anger. You don't go to bed with it and wake up and just continue carrying it on, but you got to deal with it. God's word says you got to deal with it that day, doesn't it? Yes. A Christian couple had just experienced a huge heated argument, a real knockdown, drag out fight. They got ready for bed, and the wife leaned over to the husband and said, Honey, we promise never to let the sun go down on our anger. His reply The sun is still shining in China. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he took that out of the proper context, yeah. you reckon? Yeah, it's not what Paul meant at all. It wasn't. During the summer, the sun does not set for six months at the North Pole. So, I know. How about that? So God meant a 24-hour day. Settle it quickly. He, he really did. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it says, For anger <clears throat> gives a mighty foothold to the devil. You know? Imagine that. The, the, the devil gets his foot in the door of your house, and you can't get it out, and you're going to bed sleeping. You don't want that. Anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. And I don't think any of us wants the devil get his foot in our door so we can't lock it at night, do we? No. We don't, we don't want that, but anger, when you are given to anger, you're letting the devil in your house. That's what it tells us. If you're a man or a woman who is given to anger, you are allowing the devil to get into your house. For anger, let me read one more time. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 29, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Hmm. Proverbs 13, verse 16, it says, wise people think before they act, you know, and before they speak. So it takes wisdom on our part, you know, to, uh, to think <laughs> but before we act something out, before we say something, but fools don't do that, you know. So, so how many times are you supposed to, to count before you? Ten. Ten times. Some people need a hundred. Mm-hmm. I think. Don't you think so? Yeah. You know? Um, ever have a fight with your wife or kids? You're, 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 you're angry and, and you're yelling on the telephone. You know? And you're just going at it and, and, and going on and going at it and going on and, and you're walking by the phone. And the phone starts ringing. And you go, hello. How come you have to change the tone of your voice and the way you're talking? But it shows you we can't control our anger. We really genuinely can. When we say, well, I I really can't help it. Yeah, I really can't control it. We can because anger is a choice. And you can control it if you want to. Verse 31, it says, this is in uh, Ephesians 4, 31, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. God says, you got to get rid of that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not good for us. And it, it creates consequences in our life that we will not like. Verse 32, it says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. 
So it shows us here the difference of how we're supposed to respond. Verse 31 shows us how not to respond. Verse 32 shows us how to respond. You remember that song we used to sing years ago? It goes like, we haven't sang this for, I don't know, 30 years or more. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Do, 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 do. Ephesians 4.32. Yeah. We used to sing that. And Bible school, actually before Bible school, yeah, as we hung around a bunch of other Christian uh, kids and all, uh, but it's a biblical song. It it's is a good a, reminder. It is, you know, it's just a, a scripture that's been put to song, and that's the way we memorized a lot of scriptures years ago. We put you know, scriptures to songs, and we hid them in our heart, you know. Some people deal with their anger as a a manic. Maniac. A maniac. What's a maniac? Well. You know any maniacs? Could you point one out to me so no. I can see what it looks like? <laughs> no. But we're going to be looking at four different ways of dealing with anger. All of them start with M. And the first one is a maniac. And that's somebody who. You're right. Ex- <laughs> explodes. They're expo- Have you ever exploded? Out of control. Have you become out of control because you are so angry? And things like that, you know, you're, you're kind of like a, a walking time bomb, just looking for an opportunity to explode somewhere, you know. You cuss, you fuss, you throw things, you stomp, you jump up and down, you wave your arms. Have you ever done that? There's a few yaps and a few wavings without saying anything. But you know what? We're tempted to respond like that. We really are. He tells us here in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 verse 5. It says, but God did not accept Cain and his gift. So to give you a little bit of background information here, um, God required uh, an animal sacrifice. And once Adam and Eve sinned, the only way to get um, your sin dealt with was by the shed blood of an animal. And that's where animal sacrifices began. Only leading up to when Christ's blood would be shed for us and then there was no reason to have those animal sacrifices And the animal was temporary. Right. It was just a covering. Christ washes the sins away. Exactly. But anyway, God required that and Cain knew that. Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's sons. And, but Cain offered the fruit of his garden, you know, the fruit of his field. He offered vegetables and fruit as a sacrifice, and it wasn't acceptable to God, and that's what it says here. He did not accept Cain as his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. So God is giving him another opportunity to do what God has required. But he goes on to say, God says, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. 
And that means you must tame it. You must restrain it. You must hold it back. You must discipline it. You must control it. But you must subdue that sin. You must subdue that anger. And you must be its master. But Cain did not subdue his anger. He did not choose to do what was right. And then in verse 8 it says, And one day Cain suggested to his brother, he didn't like it because Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to God. But his wasn't because Cain, I mean Abel had offered an animal of his flocks. So one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So there were just a few people on earth at that time. And, and a murder out of anger already had taken place. You're right. Uh, a lot of people act like uh, a maniac. Mm -hmm. They do when they're, they're angry and they kind of get out of control and they explode, you know, verbally or punch holes in walls and things like that, you know. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 25, it says, David did this with a man named Nabal. It's been useless. All my watching over this fellow's property in the, the desert so that nothing was missing. And, and here he was. He was protecting this guy's flock and, and all of his animals and all. And then uh, they needed some food. I mean, he had his warriors and all. They were hanging out there in the, the wilderness. And they came and asked him, for some food and they've been protecting it every day and the guy got upset and mad at him and told him to back off you know then what happened well when Nabal refused to give David and his men some food um, he David said he has paid me back evil for good and then he said may God deal with David speaking of himself be it ever so severely if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belongs to him so where Nabal had responded in anger, then we find that, that David responded to him in anger as well because he wasn't treating him in the way that he should have treated him after he had taken care of his shepherds and, and flocks. And when Nabal's wife, yes, she Nabal, saw what was going on yes, and she came out and fed them. Yes, she was seeking to be a peacemaker in the midst of it because her, her husband was a jerk. Yep. <laughs> Did you ask them to laugh if their husband was a jerk or something? <laughs> no. no. I'm, I'm just teasing you guys, you know. Anger. Well, there's a, another way of dealing with anger, and it's just by be, becoming mute. Mm -hmm. You've just been by, by hiding your anger inside and not saying anything. But it's not a, a good way to deal with anger no. either. You know, just by going silent and just not saying anything, clamming up instead of blowing up. Mm -hmm. And those both are, are harmful to us. In Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 17, it says, uh, I stay by myself and was filled with anger. I stayed by myself and was filled with anger. Why do I keep suffering? Why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? 
I'm holding it in and it's killing me. And, and you try to hold your anger in, it's not healthy for you. That's the truth of it. You know, you may think you're kind of getting away with it, but it's not healthy for you at all. Why are my wounds incurable? Why won't they heal? You know, hmm. They conceal how they feel. I mean, this is a crock pot version of anger, you know, just holding it in and just kind of stewing and uh, simmering and cooking on the inside. That's what happens. Some people are that crockpot mentality, you know, susceptible to high blood pressure, to ulcers, headaches, backaches, all kinds of things, you know, all kinds of uh, illnesses can be traced to bottled up anger. Did you know a lot of diseases are because of bottled up anger? They, they happen to us. F, Dr. F. I. McMillan, he wrote the book called None of These Diseases. We studied this book when we were in Bible school. And he listed 51 types of illnesses that can be caused by bottled up anger, being emotionally upset and holding it all in. It's not so much what you eat that counts. It's what's eating you. And what's eating you, do you allow it just to continue to eat you? And it's the anger inside that begins to eat us, you know, from the inside out. As a manipulator, when uh, Lee Iacocca was fired by Ford, his famous line was, don't get mad, get even. That's not really a good thing to say, is it? Uh-uh. I don't think that's good advice, yeah. you know, but that's, that's, that was his mentality. They retaliated in an underhanded way through sarcasm, cutting remarks, indirect contact. This is a person who burns your toast. Yeah, I don't burn your toast. <laughs> who burns your toast, makes you late, forgets things that you told them or teased them. Uh, You're you're hurtful, and then you say, oh, can't you just take a joke? Do you ever tell jokes and say comical things to some people, but you're really trying to hurt them? That happens lots of times. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, I'm just kidding, and whatever, but they're saying things, Mm -hmm. you know, that are intentionally hurtful or painful. Luke chapter 6, verse 11 says, but they, talking about the Pharisees, but they were furious and they began to plot with each other what they might do to Jesus. And then the the martyr mentality, a pro at pity parties. Anybody a pro at pity parties? You know what a pity pity party is? You know? Think about it. Whenever somebody gets angry, and he says, I, I, I must, it, it, it must be all my fault. It, it's all my fault, you know. Well, what's wrong with me? People have a pity party, but it's just really, you know, uh, kind of trying to cover over something that we would call depression, to be honest with you. 
His favorite words were, I should have, I, I must have, I, I, have to, I ought to do this, you know. But to be honest with you, that, that's just a depression finding another outlet. Often angry people say they're just depressed when actually they're just angry, to be honest with you. Luke chapter 15, verse 28. Here we're talking about the prodigal son. And his older brother, it says the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. The, the father was throwing a party because his prodigal son had returned, but the older brother wouldn't go in because he was angry. His father came out and begged him. And he was having basically a pity party. He said, but you, you never even offered to kill a fatted calf for me and my friends. You know? He could have had a fatted calf any time he wanted it. Yeah. You know, because he stayed there with dad. But he was angry. He was angry. And uh, his anger controlled him. You're right. Proverbs 19.11 says, sensible people control their temper. They're, they're slow to anger. Think about it. They're very patient and they're slow to anger. You know, they, they don't let anger get a hold of them and, and control them. Proverbs 29.11b, it says, A wise man holds his temper and cools it. Um, that's a pretty good word. Hey, hey cool it, guys. <laughs> You know, when you're being controlled by anger, hey, cool it. So the Bible does say a wise man holds his temper in and cools it. That is a biblical term. Proverbs 14, 29 says those who control their anger have great understanding. So it's telling us if we don't control our anger, what's great understanding, you know? There's no understanding. It's very foolish. But those who control their anger have great understanding. Those with a hasty temper, temper will make mistakes. Verse 30 says, a relaxed attitude lengthens life. How would you like to lengthen your life? You know, add, add, add a few years to your life. Yeah, I think last week we read a whole article about how to live longer. And it all has to do with how we deal with anger and issues in our life, how we deal with problems. How about that? A relaxed attitude lengthens life. So let's learn how to lengthen our life. Let's, let's learn how to relax. When we're tempted to be really angry and let it control us, let's learn how to resist that. Deadlines cause stress and tension and makes us more prone to anger. I'm a pretty calm kind of a guy. But once a week, I get PMS. Oh, really? <laughs> that stands for pre-message syndrome. <laughs> When you're a pastor and you preach every week, you know, uh, the weekend comes once a week. Did you know that? It does, without fail. You know, it takes a lot of hours of preparation and study. And what am I going to say? And those people are going to be there, you know? Well, to be honest, we I'm really not controlled by that. Uh, I, I was affected when I was younger 
you know, with all the studying and all the concern and all those started. kinds of things, you know. But anger often accompanies that, you know. It's like, oh, there's pressure and I got to get this together and this together. And what we do need, we, we need to relax. Mm-hmm. We genuinely do. Would you share that? Yeah, we're wound so tight that anything can tick us off. Week after week of tension, you bite your husband's head off because something that he does, and then uh, he yells at your son, and then your son hits your little daughter, and then the, the daughter kicks the dog, and then the dog chases the cat, and the cat bites the head off of a Barbie doll. It's just a... It's a chain reaction is what we're talking about here. It is. And a lot of things that we deal with does create a chain reaction. It does. It, it really does because someone said this and this and this and just continues to trickle down. And We don't always realize that the way that we respond to situations affects the people around us. You're and right. There, there are chain reactions that take place because of our, our anger and not dealing with it properly. It affects everybody. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, anger really has no control here. Anger can just get out of control and just lead you down the wrong path, you know? Now, you, you can't have these four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You can't have these nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit and be angry and blow up. Nope. Because if the fruit of the Spirit is in us, we're not going to blow up. Right. That's just the truth of it, you know? Uh, the average man loses his temper six times a week. Are you average? Nobody's saying anything. The average woman, three times a week. Did y'all hear that? Mm. You know? Women more often get angry at people. Men more often get angry at things. You know? Flat tires, machines, dull razors. Now, you probably don't know this, but before a wedding I uh, went to on Friday, I cut an inch and a half off my beard. It's the first time I have attempted to cut anything off of my face since the pandemic started. That's right. You know? That's right. That is right. And nobody complained about it, so I didn't cut it. Well, you say nobody complained. They didn't complain to me. But they did complain to me. (laughs) What other husband does a wife, you know, have the situation where everybody, well, not everybody, but some people tell you that, why doesn't he, you know, shave his beard? Why doesn't he cut it back down? And I'm... Well, I he, did He's trim, my husband, so and I like him fine, so he's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it does look nice. You did a good job. Thank you. Uh, it feels like it's a little bit wopsided <laughs> or, or something. I don't know. But anyhow, 
Let me see, where was I at? Oh, yeah. Dull razors. Yeah, dull razors. You know, single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. Men are more physical with their anger than women. At home is where we're most likely to express our anger. Anger is most frequent and intense toward those that we love. How about that? Not toward strangers. Now, does anybody here have a tube of toothpaste with them? Not with me. You don't have one with you? You know? Well, if you had a tube of toothpaste, I could demonstrate it, but since you don't have one with you, what happens when you squeeze it and you put a lot of pressure on it? Toothpaste. Well, what if you had, instead of toothpaste, what if you had that tube full of mayonnaise? Mayonnaise will come out. Well, what, what if you had that tube of toothpaste full of chili beans? A mess, that would be. Chili beans is going to be what comes out, you know. Whatever is on the inside comes out. Whatever is on the inside of you, when you're under great pressure, is what comes out. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, you know. When we're pressure is applied, this comes out. And if you're filled with love, and you're put under pressure, love comes out. Mm-hmm. But if you're under, you know, a whole lot of, uh, you're filled with anger and, and you're oppressed, and then anger, you know, is going to come out, you know? Yeah. Think about it. When almost anything. Go ahead. Yeah. When you're filled with love, almost nothing can upset you when you're filled with love. How about but, that? But when you're filled with anger, almost anything will upset you. But it's our choice. What what are we going to be filled with? John chapter 14, verse 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You know, anger makes us fearful. Uh, Anger causes us to worry. But listen to what it says here in Philippians chapter 4. It says, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true. Fix your thoughts on truth. God's Word is the the most wonderful book of truth, is it not? (laughs) Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. You know, last week we talked about how to extend your life by how you deal with with anger and problems. And some of the things that we talked about were 
the last uh, one was about praying, you know, that we, to have a, the third one was how to be cheerful and positive, but the last part was talking about praying and really including God. And along with that, uh, we read an article that says if you have a chronic problem with anger, something else that you need to do is to get some exercise. That means physical exercise. It's good for you. Doctor tells us that aerobic exercises like walking, running, jogging, swimming will relieve tension and stress. They are much better than you yelling at the people around you or internalizing your anger and getting an ulcer. For some, the most spiritual thing you can do is to go out and start an exercise program. Go for a walk. Go for a run. We live in a very tense rat race society, and you need to find some ways to blow off some steam, and exercise is one of those things. Learn to relax. Learn to relax. It'll lengthen your life. How about that? Did you know that your life will be lengthened if you learn to relax? If you, if, you, if you don't let anger just get you all tied up in knots and things like that, yeah. and you learn to relax, you will live longer. Now, Jonah, uh, why don't you read that if you don't mind? Jonah, Jonah, had, some, Jonah had some issues with anger. And we've talked about Jonah a few times this year, but we're going to read a portion of Jonah out of the Message Bible, which is a, an interesting way that it presents it. Um, And in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it says, One day long ago, God's word came to Jonah, Amittai's son, up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. But Jonah... He he, he was angry. He was real angry. He had issues of anger. Mm -hmm. He really did. And he didn't like the people of Nineveh. He didn't didn't like the Ninevites. He wanted God to destroy them. But Jonah got up and went the other direction to Tarshish, running away from God. Have you ever done that? Have you ran away from God? He went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board, joining those going to Tarshish as far away from God as he could get. But God sent a huge storm at sea. The waves were towering. The ship was about to break into pieces. The sailors were terrified. They called out in desperation to their gods. They threw everything they were carrying overboard to lighten the ship. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down into the hold of the ship to take a nap. (laughs) He was sound asleep. The captain came to him and said, What's this? Sleeping? Get up, pray to your God. Maybe your God will see we're in trouble and rescue us. They'd already sought their gods and nothing happened. The captain asked him to pray to his God. And then the soldiers said to one another, let's get to the bottom of this. Then the sailors, I'm sorry, not soldiers. (laughs) Then the sailors said to one another, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's draw straws to identify the culprit on this ship who's responsible for this disaster. So they drew straws. Jonah got the short straw. Then they grilled him. Confess, why this disaster? What is your work? Where do you come from? What country? What family? He told them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship God, the God of heaven who made the sea and land. 
At that, the men were frightened, really frightened, and said, What on earth have you done? As Jonah talked, the sailors realized that he was running away from God. They said to him, What are we going to do with you to get rid of this storm? By this time, the sea was wild. Wild. Totally out of control. Jonah said, Throw me overboard into the sea. Then the storm will stop. It's all my fault. I'm the cause of the storm. Get rid of me and you'll get rid of the storm. But no, the men tried rowing back to shore. They made no headway. The storm only got worse and worse, wild and raging. Then they prayed to God, Oh God, don't let us drown because of this man's life and don't blame us for his death. You are God. Do what you think is best. They took Jonah and threw him overboard. Immediately the sea was quieted down. The sailors were impressed, no longer terrified by the sea, but in awe of God. They worshipped God, offered a sacrifice, and made vows. Then God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish's belly three days and three nights. And then Jonah, chapter 4, we've gone several chapters forward, says Jonah was furious. He'd already been spit out by the fish, but he was still mad. He was still upset about things. Jonah was furious, and he lost his temper. He yelled at God, God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran to Tarshish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered. You, you're rich in love and, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. Do you hear what he said? Hmm. For God, so God, if you won't kill them, kill me. I'm, I'm better off dead. And God said, what do you have to be angry about? You know, as, I, as we're reading that, when it says that I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love. I love this part. It says, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. Forgiveness. You know, there's times in our lives where we sin, where we absolutely disobey God, where we are, are rebelling against him and, and we've done the wrong things. But God, it says that his goodness leads us to repentance. He yep. works in our hearts and brings us to that place of repentance. And when we ask God for forgiveness, I know years ago we kind of came up with a term because sometimes... There's consequences, well, all the time. There are consequences to our sin, whether it's things that we say or things that we do, whether it's our words or our actions. There are consequences to our sin. And even though we repent and ask God to forgive us, we still may have to pay some consequences for our sin. If you've said something that hurts somebody, you know... it can still strain relationships. Even though you have asked God to forgive you, and even though you may go to that person and ask them to forgive you, there's still consequences. And we came up with a, a term long years ago because you, you re, the scripture says you reap what you sow. So if you sow anger, you're going to reap anger. If you, if you sin, you're going to reap the consequences of it. So we would, 
we would pray for crop failure is what we said, you know, that if we did something, if we sinned against God and, and we recognized it and we prayed and we asked him to forgive us, we said, Lord, please uproot all the bad seeds that we sow, sowed by those words or by those actions and somehow even this, turn it around and work it together for good and don't let me continue to reap the bad seeds that I've sown. And, you know, right here, that's exactly basically what it was saying here, that at the drop of a hat, God turns his plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. He wants to forgive us. Jesus, Jesus paid a precious price for our sins, and that was not in vain. God wants for us to repent, and he wants to bring forgiveness into our lives. You know, another thing that we've, we were talking about is that in the, uh, the prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, it was a pattern and an example that Jesus gave us to know how to pray. And even within that prayer, this, you know, he says to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So in essence, we're asking God, God, forgive me the same way I forgive so-and-so who has done me wrong. But if you don't forgive somebody else, you're, you're praying for God not to forgive you. That's right. And Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. Before you do anything else, forgive. And that's why even the thing about not letting the sun go down upon your wrath, you need to forgive that day. You know, we know people that have unforgiveness in their heart towards people who died 30 years ago. But they still have unforgiveness in their heart towards somebody. And they think that somehow it's doing that person wrong. But it's not. It's tormenting them. It's putting them in prison. You know, it's it's bringing harm to them because they choose not to forgive. You know, I think ultimately the, the, the root of unforgiveness is anger. You're angry at somebody because what they said, because what they did... Or whatever. And so God calls us to forgive in the same way that He has forgiven us. We need to forgive. And and when we do that, it brings great freedom to our lives. All right. If you have a chronic problem with anger, more than anything else, we need, I know you already said this a while ago, but we need to get some exercise. You know, we really genuinely do. You know, we need to get outside and take a walk and just talk with the almighty God. Doctors tell us that aerobic exercises, walking and running, I know you already said it, but let's hear it again. These doctors tell us that aerobic exercises, walking, running, jogging, swimming, will relieve tension and stress. They are much better and you yelling at people all around you and internalizing it and getting an ulcer. For some of the most spiritual things you can do is to go outside and start walking. Hmm. Uh, not, not yet, Randy. You can't. <laughs> oh, he's got some anger issues, so go ahead. <laughs> you know, we live in a very tense you know, rat race society. We really do. And and we need to blow off some steam. But you know what? We need to walk. I, I, I'm serious. Just the physical getting out and walking and jogging, take, you know, that time off is a very good thing for us. Mm-hmm. So anger does not take control of our life. 
and just bring other health issues into our life, and it will genuinely lengthen our life. And I think it also helps us in what we were talking about last week. We were talking about the man who memorized the scripture about get, get rid of anger. And also we talked about the scripture that says, you know, to be slow, like quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Yeah. You know, but along with that is to be quick to forgive. We need to be quick to forgive. So even while you're out walking or exercising or all those things, you can be thinking about what God's word says, and it can help you to uh, get control in those areas of your life so that you're not given anger control. Yeah. Now, are, are you quick to forgive? If I told you I went outside and let the air out of all your tires, are you going to forgive me? Think yes. about it, though. But uh, you let the air out of my car, too, didn't you? Okay. But to be quick to forgive, think about that. And I think what would be really good right now, if we took just a, just a moment and just acknowledge our need for a Savior. We need him every day of our life, that's for sure. And uh, just to, to lead us in a prayer like that and just to pray a blessing over all the people here. Could okay. you do that? Sure. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe. I believe that you sent your son Jesus that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to die on the cross for my sins for my sins for my anger for my anger I thank you I thank you that he not only paid the price for my sins he not only paid the price for my sins but he gives me the power but he gives me the power to become more like him to become more like him. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And give me that new life. And give me that new life. Victorious over sin. Victorious over sin. And victorious over anger. And victorious over anger. And I choose today. And I choose this day. To forgive anyone. To forgive anyone. And everyone. And everyone. Who has ever done me wrong. Who has ever done me wrong. Because you have forgiven me. Because you have forgiven me. I now have the power. I now have the power. And the choice. And the choice. To forgive them. To forgive them. I forgive. I forgive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.